Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, and 24-7 support. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code GUARDIAN to get 10% off. Hello, this is Music Weekly. I'm Alexis Petridis. And I'm Kieran Yates. This week, music from Jungle, Young Fathers and Blood Orange in Singles Club. Plus all the angst of the 80s as Pete Perfidis embarks on another parallel history of pop. It's all here on Music Weekly from The Guardian. Put your hands together, please, for our guest this week, Harriet Gibson. Yeah. You shouldn't applaud yourself. Sorry. (laughs) How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm very well, actually. Excellent. Um, What news? It's a week that's been slightly dominated by Lady Gaga. And her space mission. She's going into space. Mm -hmm. But then maybe that's just one of those things that, like when that guy, when the guy at the darkness said he was going to be fired out of a cannon on stage, <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? Do you think is she going to go into space? I think she will. Yeah, she's been doing lots of vocal training, and it's about time. <laughs> and she's gravity, tweeted about it as well. She's definitely so that's tweeted definitely about it. Um, and this is on the Virgin Richard Branson's. Yeah. Who else is on that? Do we know? There's quite a lot of fame. But it's going to be. Like Stella Street, isn't it? It's going to be like Stella Street going into space. I think like there's the Africa a... Express. Yeah. I think there's a classical musician as well who's going up. Right. Um, Is he gonna, they're going to jam. Uh, maybe. Imagine know. that being trapped in space with Lady Gaga jamming with a classical musician. She'll probably come dressed as sort of a planet or... Mm. Yeah, she probably will. I, I don't know. Let's just hope if you're trapped on a spaceship with Lady Gaga, she does... Like bad romance, she doesn't because she's only in one song, I believe. Yeah, one song. Um, let's hope she does like poker face or bad romance yeah. rather than say something off her new album. Not that her new album is that bad, but you know, rather than something with R. Kelly or I don't know. I thought that R. Kelly song, in retrospect, mm. was uh, better than than you you were saying. I, t- I on, told you after Kenny. a couple of listens, after a couple you know, of listens, it's, it's a grower. It's the only Lady Gaga song I've ever liked. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there you go. I, I, well, you you know, maybe your dream will come true and R. <laughs> Kelly will be in space with Lady Gaga doing that song. The thing I like about R. Kelly on that song is the, the song itself, even though it's called uh, You Can Have My Body or Do yeah. What You Want To My Body or something like that, is obviously this, it's, got, it's got a complex song about Lady Gaga's mm-hmm. uh, a relationship with the haters mm-hmm. um, where she's sort of dismissing them at first and then going, but she sort of can't live without them. You know, all publicity is good publicity and the symbiotic relationship. And clearly R. Kelly has not bothered oh to God, judge yeah. the rest of the lyrics of the song. And just comes in <laughs> singing about his knob. <laughs> <laughs> Hotels and his knob. Hotels and his knob. We're in the back of the club doing shots, getting naughty. Um, and it's like, this is not what this song's about. You can't, you know. But anyway, good old, good old R. Kelly. Yeah, maybe the classical musician will do R. Kelly's part in space. <laughs> On the violin. <laughs> Also this week, Dizzy Rascal has had a four-letter Twitter rant Mm-mm. about not being played on Radio 1. Not being playlisted on Radio 1. What do we make of that? Not as good as Huey Morgan's rant. <laughs> about the cup somebody, smash. A cup smash. Why did he... I haven't seen the clip uh, because I embarrass very easily. <laughs> and I, I hate seeing things like that. Um, what did Rizzle Kicks, who I've met, on a number of occasions, they've been on the pod, in fact, yeah. Rizzle Kicks. Lovely, right, lovely yeah. couple of lads, very nice. Um, can't really imagine them, you know, sort of skewering somebody with their vicious 
satirical wit. It, what did they say? It was, well, I think it, Huey's point was that he'd been on the show about nine times before. Mm-hmm. And it was the round where they read the lyrics out and he has to say what song it is. Mm-hmm. And they were just doing like old fun-loving criminal songs right. from like the first album. Like, right. And I think he was just a bit like, are we doing this again? Right. I think he'd been through the mill so many times that he was just like, come on, try a little bit harder. And then he smashed a cup. And then he, yeah, that was that was quite unpredictable, that bit. It felt a bit contrived, I thought, yeah. because no one was really paying attention to him and then mm. he like stood up and smashed a cup and then everyone was like, mm. And did he walk off? Yeah, we After worked a while. Uh, well, yeah, a while. Yeah, well, he stayed for a while and then they were like, okay, and that's it from us. And then he got up immediately and walked off. So That's not a walkout. It's not really you a walkout. wait till the end of something. If you're going to stage yeah. a walkout, you don't wait till something's finished and then go. <laughs> that's just going home. That's not, that's yeah. not. It was very uncomfortable because Laura Whitmore, the presenter, was on it and she was obviously trying to keep everyone up after the, the cup smash. This She's is like, why I didn't watch ah, it. This is funny. This is fine. Mm. Let's keep going. And Phil, Phil, Phil Jupiter's looked very shocked a bit flabbergasted because I don't think much has happened on Buzzcocks for about two or three years <laughs> so I think everyone was a bit like oh we have to do something that isn't script- scripted what what happens I wow. know I miss okay. Simon Amstel years they yes that's the last time I watched it was when Simon Amstel was presenting who's your yeah. favourite presenter Simon Amstel mm. obviously yeah he was great not that oh, he used to be horrible Buzzcocks when it was uh, Sean Hughes yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. really nasty mean spirited yeah. Mark Lamar did you like him no, I quite liked him. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to Dizzy Rascals. Yes. So what was it about? Uh, he, what appeared to have happened, and I could actually see his point, is that he'd been asked to do a cover on the Live Lounge, which, you know, uh, would, would cause me to suffer a temporary collapse of the will to live. But, you know, whatever. But he said, well, I'm not doing a cover on the Live Lounge if you're not going to playlist my new material. As far as I can gather, it's not quite took off the fifth fifth Dizzy Rascal album yeah. uh, in in the way that one you know that clearly he might have hoped following the huge success of his previous records and he seemed to be blame, blaming Radio 1's playlisting for that mm. and then uh, somebody went um, oh you spelt that wrong or <laughs> <laughs> uh, something like that and uh, his response to that was very to the point <laughs> um, he, he used a very bad word do we think is is this symbolic of anything? Is Radio One moving away from playlisting uh, music, or does, you, does it does it just not like Dizzy Rascal's new album? I thought it was. I mean, I'm not sure if this is entirely correct, but that Robbie Williams single that they did yeah. together wasn't the point of that. That Robbie was banned from Radio One, so they made a Dizzy song with Robbie on it, so they could. That was a kind of loophole. So right. You get Robbie on Radio One still, and now Dizzy's probably right. going to be axed. Wow, okay, I didn't really, really, was that why he did it? So he'd get on radio, what, I, Robbie Williams? I, why would they not want to play Robbie? Uh, Nick Grimshaw has put Said a ban on, on Robbie Williams on his show, I think. Um, I'm going to see Robbie Williams on Friday night. <laughs> ah. um, best show. I went to see him in Wembley earlier in the year. I'm it was the best show. It? Yeah, it was so good. I'm going to see him at the London Palladium. And you have to wear a suit, because he's doing his... Uh, oh, Swing. Yeah. Why do all... Guys at a certain ages start doing swing albums. I've not done one yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do? Because I think people run out of. I'm not saying Robbie Williams because he sort of invented the idea of doing a swing album. Yeah. Didn't but I think it's because normally because I sort of run out of ideas. No, yeah. right? Rob Rod Stewart about fifteen of them. Or yeah. <laughs> um, okay, enough. <laughs> enough of this banter. Let us proceed. Singles Club Harriet. <laughs> I can flash my gun. I knew 
That's Jungle and The Heat. Um, Harriet, that's your choice. Tell us about it. Who are Jungle? Um, well, that's the question on everyone's lips at the moment. Well, who's really are they, mysteri- the are they a mystery? Yes, they are. Um, so all we know so far is that T and J, these two people, are doing the interviews. We don't know any any more about their names than that. Uh, they're from West London and they were neighbours growing up, but. Uh, Apparently, they're part of a bigger collective. They play as a seven-piece live. Um, they've said that um, they're kind of there's a whole team of collaborators behind right. music. Okay. Um, so I really hope it isn't really disappointing, and it's just some guy from the Naked and Famous doing a side project. You know, when it's a mystery, and then suddenly yeah, it's, yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's just it's really, revealed to be one oh, of the Fratellis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm hoping it's it's. Sort of two very interesting, strange people. So, who's this has come to notice? How they've got a record deal? Why? Why are people? Um, why does anyone care? I, I they've put out a double A side single, I think, through Chess Club. I can't remember who this new song's coming out, uh, but I, I guess the buzz has been growing. They've got they they're very, they're good at doing sort of viral videos of like quite inch like their, their first video had like a really a little girl doing break dancing, which is really okay. Funny. So they're good at the internet. Okay, they're good at the internet. Yeah. Excellent. All right. And so West London Collective is this indicative of the rest of their material yeah, that you've heard? Yeah, so far. I mean, I this is my favourite of the small amount that they've put out so far. Um, it's just nice and warm and. Uh, I guess funky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they kind of remind me of the invisible mm. and um, that kind of sort of cerebral, sort of groovy music from South London, but also um, a bit like, I guess, metronomy, something more. Mm. This is their more, more sort of immediate hit of the lot. People have been talking about TV on the radio as well. I think that their other singles were a little bit harder. Right, I was going to say one isn't so much. The, the issue I have with this is not that it's not a decent song or whatever. It's just that it strikes me as quite a lot of music like this about at the moment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That sort of eighties um, R and B or eighties soul influenced kind of bit indie-ish, a bit eighties yeah. soul influenced. Da 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 da. Bit kind of weird. I'm just sort of a bit full. <laughs> of this kind of thing. Um, it's not that it's a bad record. I don't, think, I don't think it's a bad record at all. I've got quite a lot of music like it. It feels yeah. like I already own quite a lot of music like this. Um, Kieran? Yeah, I, I liked it. I, the only other tune that I've heard from them is the Platoon yeah. track, which I thought was really good, but this I think that this is actually better than that. And um, I really like the video, and I feel like actually the song and the video... Um, What's happening in the video? Well, it's just, it's just two guys in, in tracksuits sort of doing choreographed breakdancing in a skate park. Um, so it's really nice, but it's that kind of understated but always effective kind of thing where you're always okay. a little bit mesmerised by watching people do interesting dancing together, aren't you? Um, and that's kind of what I think about this track as well. You know, it is quite understated. And I do kind of understand what you mean about there being quite an influx of this kind of thing. But I think it, it works and it would lend itself really well to a remix in the club. But I kind of wish that there was, I don't know, more defined vocals almost. Mm. Because I, I do really like the beat and I, I like the melody quite a lot. But... Uh, yeah, I would like you know, I'd like something a bit more punchy. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good point. I think that the, the, the maybe the 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 issue I have with it is that a lot of this kind of music seemed to sort of be almost like a branch of chill wave. It was something that, that those kind of mm. bands developed into doing, yeah. you know. Mm. And maybe they had like a really belting vocal on it. I would like it more than yeah. this kind of slightly understated. Well, like my ears just getting like really attuned to really airy vocals yeah. at the moment, which mm. is totally fine. But I, you know. I don't want to go to like you know the Jesse J end of the spectrum, but something a little yeah. bit more kind of punchy might be good. Well, I'm hoping. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of sort of mystery about mm. what their potential could be, but I'm hoping that will kind of add a bit more weight to this music 
in yes, time. Yes, yes, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, like, if it is a visual thing, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting they've got a thing. Yeah. It's good when bands have a thing. Yeah. You know and what I mean? it's good when people are good at the internet as well. It's good they, when people are good at the internet. And they get it. Yeah. They sort of, like, you know, get the language of the internet and they get viral stuff and they get these kind of things and it's really picked up by blogs because it kind of makes the point that actually you know sort of underground culture is still kind of or internet culture at least is still in control of things away from radio one playlisting and the pop mm. chart it's um, something that, and if you do viral stuff i suppose it's something that only the internet can do exactly it? it's good to be reminded of that sometimes yeah 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 absolutely okay well jungle the heat is around and about at the moment on the internet let's move on to kieran's choice Blood Orange, You're Not Good Enough. This is from their forthcoming second album, his forthcoming second album, is it? Yes. This is Dev Hines, of course. Yes. Um, this is from his album, Cupid Deluxe, which mm. is out later this month. Yeah, I, I, I really liked this track because it's quite, quite a good indication um, into or as to how the rest of the album sounds because I feel like... Like Prince. <laughs> like Prince, that- <laughs> exactly. But also, um, what I like about it is that I, and this is probably the wrong way to think about Dev actually, but you know, in, in the last um, year or so, certainly because of his work on with Solange and you know MKS and Sky Ferrera, Ferrera, you know, I, I've I've thought of him as like the R and B guy, or you know, someone who's pushing the you know the R and B sound forward, and you know, it's electronic evolution. But actually, this is quite this is quite good evidence to the contrary of that saying that yeah, he is doing lots of interesting things with R and B, but also, you know, there's guitar on it, and you know, this is like it sounds a bit funky. It sounds slightly Indian in parts. It sounds like um, you know, there's elements of the Lightspeed Champion past uh, littered throughout the album as well. So I thought that that was quite a good a good track to make that point a little bit because it has all those you know all those kind of r&b stuff that we've heard we've got it sounds a little bit solange at times but there's other things going on and with the collaborations on the album there's stuff from caroline polachek from chairlift um and adam uh, kindness um adam and um, the guy from day projectors can't remember his name but you know there's there's quite a you know interesting choice of collaborators um when i might have thought that he would go for the sort of solange Maybe Kalela-ish type route. Yeah, I liked it. it sounded like Prince. Um, Harriet. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not too keen on the new Dev, oh. the, the the leather cap Dev, and <laughs> the white sock Kev without Kev? his glasses. Kev. Kev. Oh my god, Kev, <laughs> Kev and Steph. <laughs> that was that was that was Dev's people. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just um, I find it all kind of it sounds a little unfinished or just a bit meandering. Um, but I mean, I love. I love everything is embarrassing. I love that what he's done with Sky and um but I, I just in terms of his solo stuff I just find it a little bit um I feel like I mean it's fairly pretentious at times, the videos in particular. I, I just it's like I don't understand if it's meant to be tongue in cheek or if it's genuinely him sort of becoming this strange kind of 
80s persona who's doing these like obscure dance dance moves and stuff because he's not sexy like Prince I don't find him sexy so yeah I agree. when I when I see him and hear him I just it doesn't evoke that kind of same sort of steamy no. stuff that mm. that I guess the people he's trying to um, emulate do interesting is he just better as a producer with other people than as a solo artist do you think Maybe I think maybe in time he might become. I think he's sort of figuring stuff out at the moment. Yeah, I think experimenting. it's a bit like that. I think in terms of genre classifications, he might be better as a producer because um, having him as someone who's identified as an R and B producer has obviously been don't quite effective. Don't him in with genre classifications. <laughs> Typical journalist. Don't pigeonhole the guy. But that's been really effective, I think. And this is, you know, him obviously trying to move away from that and be influenced by other stuff, and it does feel a little bit unfinished, maybe because of that reason. But it might be because he's kind of worked on this and then done other projects and then come back to this album and, you know, yeah. so it might feel stunted for that reason as well, I'm not sure. The album's out next month? Yeah, November the 18th. November the 18th, this month? Yes. Oh, this month. Quite soon, isn't it? This month. It's week after next. My birthday. Is it November the 18th? Yeah. Many happy returns in advance. <laughs> uh, Blood Orange, you're not good enough. Uh, finally, on to my choice. Scratches on the blank tape, self like utopia. Marriage in a gas mask, little girl, black clad, drugs for the lawyer. Cause we appreciate. Cut to the chase, 12 grand in the case. Testing out the cannons, the evidence is dying. That's Low by Young Fathers, uh, first track to be taken from their uh, forthcoming album, uh, which is out next year. I think it might start at the end of January, start of February, I can't remember. Um, Young Fathers are a, a hip-hop trio from Edinburgh, or Africa, some of them are from Africa, by way of Edinburgh. I first came across them when they did a, a sort of downloadable mix of African music called Young Fathers OK Africa, which is full of stuff I'd never heard and was really good. I thought, well, they sound intriguing. They seem sort of interesting. Um, they're signed to Big Dada uh, and Anticon. It sort of pitched, it seemed to be being pitched as kind of very uh, left-field hip-hop, which, you know, experimental hip-hop, which, which I can sort of see, but that doesn't sound that left-field and experimental to me. That sounds like, actually, it could conceivably be a hit. I don't know, you know, it seems to have a pretty walloping chorus. Um... I just thought it was a really interesting record. I thought it was uh, had a really interesting sound. I thought it was sort of simultaneously uh, quite epic and quite quite epic without being sort of bombastic. It had a sort of a warmth to it that I really liked. I just think I think it's a, a really really good record, um, and I'm interested. Maybe very intrigued to hear the rest of their their album. I liked the rapping. I thought there was. I thought it sounded a bit Tyler esque. Um, that's at, interesting. Did you? At times, yeah. I think he kind of has that um, sort of that vocal quality to his voice, and it's a bit hard and uh, it's kind of quite funny, you know, full of charisma mm. on, on a rapping style. But I really hated the chorus just because I feel like it, it sounded almost too much like it could be a hit, kind of right. almost like Macklemore type <gasps> chorus. I know I didn't, I didn't really like it for that reason. Wow. Uh, but I did like the feel. I liked the actually. Um, hearing it a few times. The first time I heard it, I thought, well, actually, this is quite pop. But then once I paid a bit more attention to it, I could hear those kind of experimental 
um, textures to it, which I thought was quite interesting. And then maybe um, African influences. I haven't heard the, the rest of the stuff. There. No, I haven't heard the rest of the album. Okay. Yeah, this has just been sort of uh, dropped on YouTube this week. Uh, okay. I haven't. I have no idea about. Yeah, that. but I mean, for that reason, uh, this would definitely be my gateway track to go and like check the rest of it out. So I thought that was quite good. Harriet, you said it made you feel it had warmth in it, but mm. I, it actually made me feel it was. I thought it was quite cold and. I kind of felt it was quite imposing. Really? Not in, yeah, yeah. Like okay. it, it made it make I because I listened it to it on my headphones, but hearing it out loud, it sounds a bit better. Like on my headphones, I found it quite uncomfortable. I don't think it's the sort of thing I'd ever listen to on my own. Like, in it, what, what, what did it make you feel uncomfortable? It's just it, like you said, walloping. It's it's got this <laughs> kind of real like uh, I don't know, not ferocity, but it's kind of like. Yeah, it has impact for some reason. Mm. It, yeah, there's something quite jarring about it all. Okay. The, the sonics. Interesting. Yeah. Well, a full range of opinions mm. uh, this week on Singles Club. Nobody liked any, and no, there was not a, uh, a track that everybody liked, was there? No. no. Oh, interesting. oh but, shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to disagree. It's good to disagree. That's uh, that's what debate is all about. Anyway, yeah, uh, Low by Young Fathers, that's on YouTube if you want to have a listen to it. The album is due uh, next year. That's Singles Club. Peter Feeders has once again been rummaging in his archive and is poised to transport us back to 1989. Will we land at an illegal rave somewhere off the M25 or a faltering bros gig in an airport hangar? Let's find out. Hello, I'm Peter Feeders. It's been a while, hasn't it, since I came in and subjected you to my last parallel history of pop as seen through the pages of an august music press journal of the time the time on this occasion being november 1989 i'm holding my hands a copy of q magazine kate bush is on the cover it says kate bush on power chocolate hitler gardening sex bulgarians and videotape Uh, her album the sensual world has just come out the who are also featured the q logo is in yellow that doesn't happen anymore because sometime after this uh, market research discovered that whenever the Q logo is any colour other than red, then it doesn't sell as well. A bit of psychology for you there. Tears of Fears have just released Seeds of Love, and on page two we can see a very glossy advert for the album, and apparently it received a five-star Q review. <laughs> What I remember about that album is apparently one of the drum tracks took six weeks to get right. One well-loved feature of Q at this moment in its history, it was the Who the Hell feature, which uh, was uh, it's usually written by Tom Hibbert, no longer with us, as indeed is the subject Keith Floyd, no longer with us either. And it, it tended to be a bit of a hatchet job, although I can reading between the lines, I think Tom Hibbert rather likes Keith Floyd. Mm, I wish you could smell this. This really places it in time. In, in a, they're in a Langan's Brasserie, obviously it's the late 80s, Keith Floyd surveys the room and says, Oh, God, look at them all. His arm gestures at the tables, lined with business folk troughing into stout lunch. They're all pinstripes. They're all making deals. They're all trying to sell things. Miserable, miserable. It's all fucking shit. (laughs) And it goes on uh, for quite some time. There's also a 
a, a location piece about Acid House written by Lloyd Bradley. And he goes out to one of these raves on the outskirt, on sort of off the M25, where you don't, you're in a convoy and you don't know where you're going. Here's a quote from it. From there, along a suspension jeopardising dirt track and through a gauntlet of burly security men demanding your ticket or 15 quid each in a manner that makes being mugged sound attractive, cars are directed into a parking system nearby, clearly not designed with early departure in mind. However, difficulties involved in gaining access to the event are soon forgotten. Copious quantities of candy floss are being consumed and again, courtesy of the catering vans, that unique smell of economy-type hamburgers and sliced onions gently poaching in tepid, grease-covered water. Something's never changed, eh? Come back to this later. There's a full-page advert for... Terence Trent Darby's new album, the follow-up to Introducing the Hardline, and this is, uh, of course, the infamous Neither Fish Nor Flesh. And there's a quote. This is all very sort of <laughs> hubris, sort of luring stuff. Declaration, so I'm not your pearl. To this I am resigned, but to an outside world I will not be defined because I'm neither fish nor flesh. There's a review of that later on. I'm going to go forward uh, a few pages to uh, the stories section where we find out a few uh, sort of uh, nuggets of what's been going on in the world of pop. Ozzy Osbourne's life is a bit of a soap opera at this point, but not the uh, soap opera it literally went on to become. He's being taken to court by wife and manager Sharon after he threatened to kill her on the evening of September the 2nd. A spokesman for Sharon Osbourne insists that the charges will not be dropped, adding that she hopes to persuade the courts that her husband is in need of serious medical attention regarding his long-standing drink problem. Elvis Costello reported to have uh, thrown an almighty strop when he turned up to one of his uh, shows at New York's Palladium and see a big banner exclaiming, Burger King represents Elvis Costello. At this point, Elvis had been a vegetarian for some years. And finally, also from the news, who do you think this quote is from? Um, This business is a vast industry cleverly concealed to give the impression it does not exist in order to perpetuate the myth of rock and roll. It's actually Andrew Ridgely in a new education pack, Wham! Rapping, teaching the music industry, which is aimed at media studies students everywhere. You can't imagine Niall from One Direction uh, offering a similar quote, can you? Let's move on a pace past the big Gordons and Tonic ad, one of those green adverts they used to be so very fond of in the 80s and early 90s. There's a piece on John Peel's 50th birthday party where uh, it's got quite a good stand for us. It's a guru to innumerable pale and interesting persons, champion of all things noisome and challenging, fully paid up good bloke. Uh, when John Peel celebrated his 50th birthday, the guest list was a veritable who's that of independent pop. <laughs> Matt Snow wrote that. And this is one of my favourite things in this month's uh, uh, issue of Q. It's an on-the-road piece with Bross. Once again, Tom Hibbert has been let loose on Bross, and uh, if anyone remembers uh, Tom's style of writing, you can imagine how bewildered he must have been by the whole thing. When will I 
Uh, so Bros are supporting uh, Debbie Gibson uh, playing on a on a string of sort of half-empty hangers in mid-America. Somewhere along the line, I think they've forgotten they're actually the support band because I've never the the, the hubris billowing off these pages is a. Uh, is incredible and they're not very happy they're a bit homesick let's take it from the actual gig bros do the biz but apart from one small girl who flings one small furry toy in the general direction of the pirouetting singer there is no audience reaction to speak of whatsoever on stage things go horribly wrong matt is is muttering sheepish apologies about technical problems this has never happened to us before <laughs> and, uh, afterwards they're in tears of frustration me and my bruv, we're professionals, Luke is saying. Something like this, it's the, it's the honest truth, it's an insult to our art. Do you know what I mean? So on to Matt, who, lest we forget, has tried to relaunch his career in as a sort of Sinatra-style crooner in this country. Uh, album in at number 27 this week. Everything affects me, says Matt. Luke looks after me, he protects me. He's physically trained his body now so that comments and problems don't even get into his brain. Not because he's thick because he's trained himself to disregard it. But I'm a dartboard. Sharp things do go in, you know. Luke then reminds us, I cry probably four times a week. That's my release. But Matt the other night, he was so tense, I was absolutely terrified. He was on the bed and it took us two hours to try and relax his body. He just couldn't move it at all. And it took me six cups of tea to figure it out. It goes on and on and on. It's all great, actually. I can't read the whole thing. But I'll leave you this, this final crescendo. Matt concludes the interview by saying, they compare us to Wham, to the Bay City Rollers and the Beatles. And if they want to compare us with three bands that have actually made history, that's fine. But my level of history making will go to a further level. I'm not going to stop writing music and I'm not going to stop performing. People believe in us, but our only obstacle is the people who don't. There's an advert for a very flash-looking Technics Hi-Fi system, adverts for cars. And then finally, um, a few album reviews. Uh, some might say surprisingly, uh, David Byrne's uh, solo album, Ray Momo, gets uh, five stars from Mark Cooper, who uh, I think is now head of music at the BBC. Tracy Chapman's album, Crossroads, gets three stars uh, from the late John Baldy, uh, who says that Crossroads fails to confirm Tracy Chapman as the major songwriter that many critics would have us believe she is. A good surmising of uh, all that is great about Erasure in a review of their album, Wild. While one is happy to acknowledge these strivings to progress, when all's said and done, Erasure's real strength remains the glorious pop tune. This is Erasure's great gift and why people will buy this fine, upstanding album in platinum quantities. And so they did. now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Just two stars for NWA straight out of From uh, Charlie, the reviewer, Charlie Dick, and he says... 
the expletives fly and this regressive nonsense will be passed off as raw social commentary by thrill-seekers all across the free world. <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess it was, in a way. said we'd come back to uh, Terence Trent Darby's Neither Fish Nor Flesh and here we are. One of the great sort of uh, hubristic follow albums of all time but not for Charles Shaw Murray who gave it four stars. The subtitle of the album is I Will Not Be Defined. It's nobody's idea of a custom tooled follow to a massively successful debut being akin to Prince going straight from For You to Around the World in a Day or the Beatles going straight from Please Please Me to Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, needless to say, however, Terence being Terence, the album's studied goofiness does not preclude a fair degree of pomposity. The song titles sound like manifestos or sermons. I have faith in these desolate times. To know someone deeply is to know someone softly. You will pay tomorrow for what you do today. And the aforementioned, I don't want to bring the gods down. By no means wholly successful, but gets an extra star for its sheer creative pig-headedness and refusal to pander to... Um, Q would print their own charts which would vary in subject matter from month to month this month's chart is a a chart of things that have been sent recently to Q as promotional uh, incentives from record companies number 8 a simply red bathrobe Hucknall sized his and hers terry toweling dressing gown promoting the group's men and women album Uh, number 6 we have a prefab sprout snow shaker low-budget sub-aquatic scenario with authentic snow shower if correctly activated. Number two, 10,000 Maniacs Ceramic Elephant Teapot. Uh, useful mammalian kitchen implement commemorating the Maniacs album Blind Man Zoo. And on top of the charts we've got Reckless Eric Brick, which is a crudely emblazoned house brick announcing Eric's Big Smash, which sadly wasn't. And that concludes our whistle-stop tour through the pages of Q magazine 24 years ago, uh, November 1989. It would have cost you £1.50. Thank you. I've been Pete Perfides. That was Pete Perfides with his uh, parallel history of pop. That's it for this week. Thanks to Harriet for joining us. Thank you. Visit guardian.com forward slash musicweekly for info and links on the show. Kieran and I will be back next week. I'll give you a full report of the Jesse J gig. suddenly listener figures next week just to drop Um, anyway we'll be back next week take care bye 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 support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life Squarespace offers free domain names customizable designs drag and drop tools and 24-7 support Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today, no credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN.